Hello, listeners. Welcome to Educational Landscapes, Lessons from Leaders. On today's episode, we are going to learn from Yolanda Hood. Welcome to the show, Yolanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. We are delighted to have you. So to begin, what is your educational leadership title or titles? Okay. Um, I am currently the Assistant Dean for Enrollment Management and Multicultural Affairs. Um, I also serve as the um, di executive director for our National Age Cop Academy at Emory, which is a grant funding program. Can you, uh, well, first let's start with your, the first title. What do you do in that role? And then I'll ask you about the second role, the Age Cop. Okay. So in the first role, enrollment management, multicultural affairs, that's actually two parts. So okay. under enrollment management, that would be oversight for our, um, Enrollment management pieces under the PeopleSoft Enterprise. So that would include um, registration, financial aid, and admissions as it relates to our um, our PeopleSoft student information system. Okay. And um, as far as multicultural affairs, just oversight for the office, which um, includes the um, URIM recruitment, our areas of uh, learner development and support, mentorship program for um, our um, uh, students enrolled in the School of Medicine, um, as well as um, in other programs. We have some partners a partnership with a local community college, our pipeline pathway development, as well as um, some of our community outreach activities. As far as the executive director position, that is solely um, connected to our um, grant funded um, program, which is the National H. Cop Academy at Emory. There are currently 20 to 21 academies across the nation. And we um, have the privilege of being one of those um, um, academies. And um, in the state of Georgia, it's um, Emory University and Morehouse School of Medicine. And it's just a um, plethora of activities um, for disadvantaged students, socioeconomically disadvantaged students um, and exposing them to careers in the health profession. Oh, that is amazing. Um, and quite a breadth of things under your purview. Yes. Um, so given that we have a broad audience, um, lots of acronyms you threw there. What does HCOP oh. stand for? HCOP is Health Careers Opportunity Program. Oh, awesome. And it's um, funded through HRSA, which is the Human Resources and Services Administration, so the federal government. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I always feel like when we're in healthcare education or healthcare, there's so many acronyms. Absolutely. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me of that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So um, given the broad range of things that you do under these roles, what skills do you find you use most uh, to be able to do your roles well? Great question. Um, I think first and foremost, people management. Um, people management and project management. Um, there are a lot of different teams that I work with through the Office of Multicultural Affairs. And then within the Office of Multi Multicultural Affairs, um, those entities that we work with that are um, connected to the grant. So there are individuals um, at the um, School of Public Health, external to Emory, um, our community partners. So really um, I'm managing those teams, um, both internal to Emory and external so that we can accomplish our goals. Um, with that, there's relationship development. Um, 
and um, uh, relationship uh, continuation <laughs> and cultivating uh, because we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do alone and we wouldn't be um, as successful as we've been in the past um, six years without um, having those relationships in place, uh, relationships and partnerships. Um, and I mentioned project management and also um, all of it is tied to research. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say uh, mm -hmm. I love that. In an academic setting, you're always thinking academic mindset research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm assuming you didn't start off uh, with these executive director and assistant dean titles. So could you tell us a bit more about what was your journey that led to these current roles? Absolutely. So um, where should I start? So um, I was born in, I always, I always start with this, born in Georgia, South Georgia, um, because I know that's pretty rare um, these yep. days um, here. Um, and I was raised in the city of Atlanta. Um, I graduated from a local high school um, here in the city of Atlanta. I'm a product of Atlanta Public Schools. Um, and I went to undergrad at the University of Georgia and did my master's and my doctorate degrees. Um, we got those both from Mercer University. So I say that to say I am a true Georgia girl, grits, girl raised in the South, all of that Georgia peach. Um, after finishing my uh, master's, I actually thought I wanted to work in healthcare management. Um, and so um, growing up in Atlanta, you know, you naturally think about Emory, Emory um, Hospital. Um, but when I applied at that, at that time, I didn't come across any opportunities. Um, so I took a job actually at DeVry University working in their academic support um, office as an assistant. And I just fell in love with it. I don't know if it was because I was, you know, freshly out of school and it just felt so natural. <laughs> and I knew what I needed as a student. And so it was just, you know, really a natural uh, transition. Um, so after applying, going back and applying to some, to some positions on the university side, um, I was offered a position as a program coordinator within OMESA, Office of Medical Education and Student Affairs. Um, and at that time, reported to the Associate Director of Registration and Financial Aid. And it just so happened six months later after getting that position, she left and I was offered the position. So I got promotion like six months in <laughs> um, and did that for about four years. Um, and then, so, so I did that for four years and then I was offered a position because at that time I thought I wanted to um, be a registrar. And um, I was offered an assistant registrar position at uh, another uni local university. Um, but what I learned that mostly entailed like processing grades, transcripts, <clears throat> um, you know, degree certifications, a lot of like uh, paperwork or, you know, work on the computer. Um, yeah. And so what I missed most about Emory was my, the student engagement piece. Um, it's just, you know, our registration and financial aid office was set up different from where, um, where I, um, at the other school. Um, so I actually shared with a colleague at Emory um, that I wasn't happy there. Um, and then I get a call from my, um, who was my predecessor in OMA, um, Office of Multicultural Affairs, Dr. Lee, who contacted me about an opportunity to come back and work with him. Um, and that was the best decision of my career. Um, I learned so much from him. Um, and the fact that I was doing, you know, I had that student engagement piece, 
um, but just really felt like it was meaningful and purpose-driven work. Um, and so that's when I, you know, first started my, um, it was like my introduction to DEI work. Um, so yeah, all of those experiences have led to where I am today. That is amazing. And, and, you know, I think about how sometimes people talk about, oh, the path was very clear, but yours, it, it's like it looped a bit, but now all those different areas you did are under the umbrella of the roles you have now. That's yes, amazing. yes, it was it was so non traditional and loops and curves and but um yeah it it just all just came together you know and it's definitely um areas of interest mm -hmm. um that um, I don't even think I knew I had in the beginning but mm -hmm. reflecting definitely you know it's 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 it's, it's the work that I love doing. Ah, oh, wonderful. So I am curious, um, given that journey and um, your current roles, what do you wish you knew before stepping into any of those leadership roles? So, so I have a different approach. I, I value everything that I've learned, you know, the mm -hmm. mistakes, you know, the successes, the failures, what have you. Um, and because I feel like sometimes not knowing or going through some hardship is a normal part of the process. And that's how you grow and develop. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say most of the things that I would like deem as maybe unexpected and required maybe um, more of a knowledge or a gap in knowledge that I had uh -huh. was really navigating the work that I do during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um just with the, you know, just the pandemic itself and all of the social injustices that were happening um, during, that were highlighted, they were always mm -hmm. happening, but highlighted during that time and dealing with the mental hardship um, mm -hmm. that we all as, you know, staff, faculty, and students endured and still are um, experiencing. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was a really difficult time for me to support my staff and my team in the way that I felt like they deserved. Mm -hmm. um, so, that was just an unexpected thing, um, but I've learned so much from that. Thankfully, um, Emory offered resources that um, I could tap into, you know, and utilizing experts. But mm -hmm. within that, again, I learned a lot about how, you know, um, sometimes you got to step outside the work and when you're dealing with people, you know, um, and also taking time out for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, so it was, it was a lot of that discovery during that time. Indeed. And I, I really appreciate how you highlighted there the importance of relationship with others and looking at them holistically and relationship with self. Yes, absolutely. That is yeah. very important. Mm -hmm. So you talked about um, being able to tap into resources to help um, during this time. Uh, can you build on that a bit more by letting us know what kind of continuing professional development do you do in order to keep up with the needs of your roles? So I'm very much a proponent and fan of the um, professional development programs here at Emory. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone through the um, two programs, the um, Excellence Through Leadership, ETL, and um, Emerging Leaders. Um, and I'm so grateful and thankful that um, University or School of Medicine Leadership nominated me for those programs. And that in itself, I thought was a, a great accomplishment because it wasn't, you know, there are some programs that you can sign up for, but, you know, when people, you know, recommend you, that's really like a, um, 
I don't know, that that just helped me with my confidence because that was an area in which I've struggled, you know, throughout my journey, you know, that self-confidence. So um, I've been involved in two leadership programs and, and through those programs and because of my completion of those programs, I've served as mentors um, uh, for um, the, the same program for um, um, people who have come after me in, in the program. Um, also, there are also the AAMC or um, Association of American <laughs> Medical Colleges. Those group um, meetings and conferences um, either related to diversity, equity, inclusion, or student affairs. Mm -hmm. um, back when I was um, doing financial aid as a part of my job, like the ins and outs, I would go to the annual financial aid conference as well. Um, and also, I would say reaching out to others in the field, and that can happen at some of those conferences, um, um, either formally or informally, um, mm -hmm. and uh, listening to, um, I, I do a lot of um, listening to leadership um, vi YouTube videos. Oh. Yes. And I, yeah, I have become a fan of T.D. Jakes, and I know he's a pastor, but he has this whole series of videos and talks on leadership. Wow. Um, and so that I listen to those on my way into work. I have a really long commute. So, um, yeah, I, that, I, I would say those things. Okay. I love the diversity of things that, uh, yeah. uh <laughs> keep it interesting. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, so, you know, thinking about your experiences to date, what advice would you give someone interested in doing the same type of leadership roles that you currently have? Um, definitely seek mentorship. Um, you don't know what you don't know <laughs> until you, you, you know someone points it out. Yeah. Um, and even in my journey, I feel that you know I've kind of had a, an idea of what I wanted to do, but just didn't quite. I needed that guidance to just kind of point me in the right direction, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and put up a, a mirror and, and, you know, tell me honestly, you know, what is it that I, I may be missing? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I felt like I got that in, in my mentors, my predecessor um, in the Office of Multicultural Affairs, um, Dr. Marilyn Bond. Um, I, I didn't really start getting, I feel like Dr. Lee was preparing me. Um, yeah. And then Mary Lane just came in at the point of like, okay, you learned, now what are you going to do with it? Oh. And allow me that space to do what I needed to do with it um, to move yeah. forward. So um, I would definitely um, recommend getting a mentor either um, um, formally through a professional development or a leadership program or some type of program or informally. If you just see someone that's, in my opinion, rocking it and doing great things, you know, ask you know meet with them see if they would you know be willing to to sit down and talk to you and, and you know eventually that becomes a, a mentorship relationship wonderful i love that um you know that statement just ask it doesn't hurt to ask yeah. <laughs> so in thinking about you know your journey and the types of roles that you've had along the way up till now how do you view succession planning so I think this is very important. Um, succession planning is extremely important, especially given the type of work um, specifically that we do in OMA and, and, and within the School of Medicine. But 
when we think about the, our pathway programs um, and supportive students, that work has to continue. Um, and it must grow and, and you know, strengthen um, and it shouldn't die when a person leaves. And that is one thing that I learned from my predecessor, Dr. Lee. He would always say, hey, Yolanda, I'm not going to be here, you know, <laughs> forever, but I want to make sure I want to ensure that these programs still continue. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, our work is mission driven and then it plays an important role in the long term um, just sustainability of the office um, and in the lives of our students. So um, I just make it a priority as it was done with me to share my knowledge with my um, team and leaders and, and, and coach them along the way. Cause it, it just has to, it doesn't start, it doesn't start or end with us. It's, you know, it's a legacy. <laughs> Indeed. And actually, could you tell us a bit more about these pipeline uh, programs? Cause I think about how it's kind of parallel to this idea of succession planning. Uh, but I'm, I know a bit about those programs, but of course our listeners don't. So could you tell us a bit more about the programs that come Absolutely. out of OMA? So uh, we have, um, I'll start with the um, Summer Science Academy because it's the oldest program that we have. And that was um, started by Dr. Lee. And it is a, um, a summer, summer experience for um, now uh, rising ninth and 10th grade students where they can come um, and spend time on Emory's campus two weeks at a time, just learning about various um, topics in science. Um, there are some, it's some, you know, health professions related, but it's really just to get um, younger students excited about science. Mm -hmm. So we'll do, um, there may, at one point we did like a robotics session. Um, yeah. We've done some activities with the um, Sim Center and, and Gina in the Human Simulation Lab. Um, we do field trips, but we also, we want to make sure that the field trips are tied to some STEM um, aspect, like we would do Six Flags, but it would be a part of a physics lesson. And there's like a packet mm -hmm. where you, you know, look, now I'm not a physics person, but like the, it was a G-force and, and all of these things, they, they would do those problems prior to going and then go have fun. Yes. Um, we also wanted um, them to get, want them to get experience in doing, you know, pre presentations. So they do a poster session. Um, at the end of the um, at the end of the two weeks, just um, on a topic that of interest to them. So that's um, our sum, and that is a um, fee for participation program. But the way that it's structured is um, we utilize some of the fees to offer scholarships to um, economically disadvantaged students. Lovely. Uh, now with our academy. That is multi-tiered because we've got various programs under the academy. We have a high school program um, entitled EPIC, which is an acronym, again, for Emory Pipeline Collaborative. And that is a relationship or partnership with the Atlanta Public School System, where we um, reach out and um, recruit students who are um, economically disadvantaged for, or first-generation students. And um, they are paired with a mentor during their 10th grade year with mm -hmm. a Emory sophomore. And so that mentor relationship grows over three years in the program. And each year, like we have the sophomores, the juniors and the seniors, there's a different module. So for the sophomores, it's reproductive health. For the juniors, it's um, neurology and mental health. And then for the seniors, it's public health. And so each year, it's a, it's a longitudinal program. Each year, it ends with a, um, a presentation um, and we have an award ceremony. Um, and then what's really great about that is um, when they graduate as seniors, we do this um, uh, photo montage of the graduating 
person from high school and the one that's graduating from Emory and then say where they're going, you know. Nice. Um, and so that's our high school program with the Atlanta Public Schools. This is not told you I'm a, a product of APS. So it came full, it was this full circle yeah. moment with that. Um, and we also have an, a program for undergraduate students who, again, all of our pathway programs, um, and including Summer Science Academy, since we have a scholarship, are um, target um, socioeconomic disadvantaged students. And so these are for undergraduate students um, that come and, and they stay with us for eight weeks over the summer. And it is an intensive MCAT GRE preparation program, um, depending on which track they decide on. So we try to incorporate all of our programs here at the School of Medicine. Um, and we're exposing them to, you know, the uh, admissions requirements. They're doing um, their essay letter writing. They're, like I said, taking the test preparation. They're doing, um, when we can, uh, uh, shadowing in the hospitals, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, what's going on at, at our um, mm -hmm. partner um, healthcare um, entities. But, um, it, and so students, we've had really immediate success in that program because they're at the point where they're applying to health profession schools. So we've had students who have gone on to um, other um, programs in the MD um, degree. We've also yeah. had students who've been accepted here at Emory School of Medicine we, um, and have matriculated here at Emory School of Medicine within the MD program, as well as some of our academic health programs. Um, and the uh, um, lastly, under the academy, we have a partnership with um, Metropolitan State College, which is a community college in uh, the city of Atlanta, um, an open access college. And we um, work with their students in introducing them to our medical imaging program, which is the only undergraduate program within the School of Medicine. And um, students, um, they get mentoring, um, they go through mentoring activities. Um, the program leadership from the medical imaging program works with their students. And we've had students who have graduated from AMSC or Atlanta Metropolitan State College who have entered into our uh, medical imaging program and have graduated and now working in the field. Amazing. Simply amazing. I the, And I love that the pipeline literally went, it was like, okay, these grades and then the next step and then the next yeah. stage. <sighs> I love it. I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. gives me goosebumps. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I would I would have goosebumps every year, especially as you said, that graduation of people are graduating from Emory and then they're the you know, they're also graduating from high school at the same time. Like, wow. Yeah. So I feel like if I were you, this next question would be a difficult one, but I'm curious as to what your answer will be. Um okay. but the question is. What has been one of your greatest successes thus far? Okay. So, so professionally, I, I think it is, I feel it's my work with the grant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we've, we've actually been funded three cycles with this wow. grant, uh, which is um, pretty exceptional. Um, so, you know, not it's not guaranteed that once you get it, you're going to continue. Um, you really have to show um, successful outcomes and show that you're being effective and that you're reaching um, students um, for you to, you know, be able to continue. So we've, we've done that for three cycles. Um, I am really just proud that the program has really become a part of Emory School of Medicine. Um, and it is my goal to have key components of it, if not all of it, um, to be um, 
institutionally funded by the School of Medicine so that we don't have to rely on grants. Um, and this year alone, we've had um, a challenge where um, the amount that we've received for the grant still does not cover all of the expenses because we know everything is in, has has increased, you know, transportation, yep. food costs, um, and School of Medicine has committed to um, bridging that gap. Um, so um, it's not really, a, 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 I guess, like an accomplishment or a success because of what I've gained, but just really what it means to students. Yeah. Um, in the program, um, they, as I mentioned, they're first generation low income students. Mm -hmm. um, so some of them who without this program would have never set foot on a college campus prior to graduating from high school. And they're here in the Atlanta area with all these great fine institutions of higher learning. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we're so proud that um, really each year we've had, um, I would say between 95 to 100% of our high school graduates have been accepted to colleges. Wow. Um, We've also had undergraduate and graduate students, um, like I said, matriculate into the health profession programs um, here at Emory. Um, so we, we've we been producing some really um, great outcomes and, and, and successes, which um, I, you know, feel this just, you know, it's a win for everyone all the way around. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I love how you were like trying to dampen, but getting a grant is a big deal. That is a huge success. <laughs> Oh, I won't lie. Grant writing is not my happy place. It is a lot. It's a lot of work, but it's one of those things. Where, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of question. You're like, okay, now why am I doing this? And then when you, you know, witness or experience those things that um, are helping to um, support students, it's like, yeah, it was worth it. It's definitely worth it. I do it over and over again. Oh, wonderful. Oh, and can you tell us? You said three cycles. How how many years is a cycle? So the first cycle was three years. Okay. Uh, our second cycle was five years. And between those, that the three and five, we got uh, um, a, a additional funding to do a, a pilot program. So that's how we got the health prep program. And okay. so we just received um, notification last um, August that we we're funded for five more years. So it was three, awesome. five, and five. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. So, you know, I just, I think about all of the things you do and these amazing programs, and I am curious, um, because that is a lot on one person's plate, even though you do have a team. Um, and I'm curious, therefore, what do you think are uh, are your biggest growth opportunities right now? Mm. Definitely, I need to take time to share what I do and my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to say Mike, but just the accomplishments of our office and the work that we do through like mm -hmm. presentations, you know, um, writing, you know, doing manuscripts, publications. We are so busy doing, doing, doing that we don't tell. Um, and and then I would always kind of hold that as my, you know my pressure, my excuse. Oh, but you know, we, we just got we're just too busy. We've got all this stuff to do, and. I'll go back to, you know, those professional development conferences I went to. This was not this year's um, uh, uh, national conference, but it, it may have been like one of the um, group on student affairs. There was a tabletop discussion, networking session, mm -hmm. lunch, and we were talking about, you know, a lot of people were, you know, basically singing the same same song. You know, I really would like to, you know, do more, you know, um, research or what have you and, and, and publications. Mm -hmm. And there was a seasoned dean there. And 
she put it in a different um, perspective in that, you know, you have to make time because it really is your responsibility to contribute to the field that you're working mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it just, it's like, huh, okay. Now that that gives it a different um, tone mm-hmm. because it, it's less about, oh, well, you know, we just got to find time is that oh, you need to find time because when we talk about, you know, sustainability and continuing this work, that's the, that is a way to really, you know, um, uh, keep it going is to, you know, contribute to the, to the literature. So mm-hmm. it's not just about Emory, it's the work, you know, globally and, you know, in, in other um, institutions um, where people can, you know, read what you've done and, and, and uh, you know, replicate it or, you know, um, use best practices or what have you so yeah I need to get better in that space and um we're we're working on some things um organizational wise Mm -hmm. so that we'll be able to do that so important so important and I you know I think about as you're saying I'm also somebody who's by default a doer and that idea of oh it feels like a pause, but I think it's so important for us to build it within the doing to be like, okay, I'm doing this. Let me write that part out. I'm doing this. Let me write that part out. Because yeah, if you don't share these amazing, you know, stuff you're doing and these programs, no one's going to know unless they happen to come to Emory and see them. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they miss out on going, oh, I could try and build something like that in X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so you do many things um, that are linked, but, you know, three different hats um, or at least three sections in the hats that you wear. Um, and so I'm curious, what do you love most about your work and what you do right now? So I like the variety. <laughs> I really do like the variety. And within that variety, I like working with students at various stages of the pipeline. So it's not like I'm just with working with MD students, you know, or, you know, graduate students. I um, engage with students from 10th grade and sometimes even younger than that, um, all the way through, um, you know, uh, in their um, residency and fellowship learners. Um, so I think that 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 variety um, is what I appreciate and what I, I love most about it. It's never a dull moment. <laughs> nope, nope, definitely not, especially with that range. <laughs> and I would say I also, um, outside of that, I, I, I have grown to have an appreciation um, for um, coaching and working with um, um, individuals and their, their, you know, professional growth and um, both formally and informally. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just something to see. Um you know, individuals grow and um, reach their goals and, you know, and helping to guide them is, you know, a way of giving back. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so important. important to me. So indeed, I'm curious, um, because you had talked about mentors earlier, and then now you're talking about coaching, how do you see them as either similar, different, complementary? Definitely complimentary because I feel like I can coach someone in a moment and not necessarily be their mentor, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can't, you can't have one without the other as an individual who's looking to grow and develop, but mm-hmm. you can serve in, um, as the coach, as the coach or the mentor in different yeah. 
capacities. Indeed, thank you for that perspective. So overall, reflect, reflecting on your experiences to date, what would you say your current passions around education are or what is your educational philosophy? Okay. Um, as far as passions, definitely um, equitable access to educational opportunities, you know, um, working um, or providing support and resources to first-generation URIM students. I am a first-generation student. Um, had it not been, and I know most some people don't see sports as a pathway or as a pipeline, but it really was because that was my first introduction to higher ed. You know, when I would go to track meets, and they would, um, my, what was it? It was Towson University. That was the first time I'd gone like away to, um, you know, be set foot on a college campus. Um, and track meets over at the AU Center, track meets here at Emory. Um, I There was no one in my family that had gone to college, so that just wasn't, you know, high on the priority to take me to visit schools. But through, you know, that opportunity, um, I was able to, to, to experience a whole different realm. Um, and so I'm, I'm passionate about providing those opportunities for other students, um, you know, just as it was for me, um, so. Indeed, so important. And I love how full circle it is, um, what you're doing now. And as you said, your personal experiences. Thank you. So this is gonna be my last core question um, for you for today. And so recognizing you are more than what you do, what are some things you do outside of work to help you maintain joy in life and practice? Oh, yeah, that's always a fun question. So um, definitely uh, my my faith. I am a Christian um, and um, I've, I've, I've strengthened in that area in, over the last few years. And so that's very important to me. And it is how I make you know, very core to how I maintain um, balance. Mm -hmm. um, family, I am that, um, well, I'm transitioning now. I was, yeah, that helicopter mom <laughs> <laughs> involved in everything. I mean, like, I am, I was uh, laughing with my um, son over the weekend. He just had a, uh, his 23rd birthday, and we took him to a Falcons game. And uh, we somehow got on the, um, uh, topic of this high school and I was like oh yeah um, there's a new principal he's like oh okay I didn't know I was like well how do you know I was like well you know I'm still on the parent council he was like oh what you don't have a kid there <laughs> keeping those relationships going but yeah I was always on the PTA I was always on parent council team mom um, anything doing with family, even with my nieces and nephews, um, you know, having, you know, different events. I'm actually going to the, um, uh, what's it called? The Polar Express train ride oh. this weekend. I'm taking my nephew. Oh, <laughs> love it. So that's very important to me. And then there's football. Mm -hmm. Anybody that knows me know I love football and specifically college football. Um, I just, you know, I, fall is my favorite season and it's because of my birthday. I love the fashion and football. So, um, <laughs> and, and who is your football team then? I wonder the university of Georgia Bulldogs. We're a little hurt at the moment. 
I don't know if you know, but we missed out on the opportunity to become back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back national champions, but we'll be back. It's okay. fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> and there was a little humbling once in a while, just to okay. remind you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, and I really, honestly, at the end of the football season, I felt there were a little, like, withdrawal. I mean, or a little, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and one thing I would say, lastly, um, that I've gotten back to is mm -hmm. um, gardening. I'm oh. an aspiring gardener. Um, I grew up um, in, like I said, you know, I, I was born in South Georgia and I was spending my summers in South Georgia and my grandmothers, that's all they did was garden. And so I was, you know, by way of, you know, being immersed in it, um, I was like, oh, it's hot out there. Why are they, you know, <laughs> burning up? But I understand it is, it is really, um, it helps for the mind, body, and soul. I I, I can't really describe it, but it, it, it definitely um, does wonders for my um, my mental health. Um, so yeah, that's my new I, thing. I always love, as a veggie gardener, I always love to find out what people are into gardening. Is it veggies? Is it flowers? Is it a mix of things? What's your thing? Right now it's flowers. Mm. For years, I have been wanting to um, plant bulbs in the fall so that they'll bloom in the spring. And I got a chance to do that this year. So I'm just so waiting for, you know, <laughs> brown <laughs> Easter to see if they're going to take. But we're having an unseasonably warm winter. So I don't know if they're going to, but hopefully so. But I would like to um, move into, you know, for the um, vegetables and things like that. But right now it's it's flowers. Okay, wonderful. So thank you again for your time. But before I let you go, are there any last words of wisdom for aspiring educators or education leaders? Um, I really would like to just thank you for doing this and allowing me to be a part of this project. I think it is, it is really important work. Um, that you know you're doing and capturing and sharing the stories of those in leadership. Um, and I was looking at the um, some of the recordings, and I really appreciate the diversity of those who you've interviewed. Um, and so I, I mean, those recordings in itself um, can serve as another opportunity and resource mm -hmm. um, for individuals looking to go into leadership roles. So uh, I just want to say kudos to you. Oh, thank you. And yep, you got exactly why I love doing this, because I think these are an amazing moments to learn where people, how people got to where they are, because I think it's so inspiring, the stories people have, and it helps even for me to get ideas of, mm, I could do that in yeah. order to get to the next place. So thank you. I don't know, maybe you'll, you'll do, a, there's a book in your future. You never know. <laughs> Watch the space. <laughs> thank you again for your time, Yolanda. Okay, thank you. You have a great one.